On a daily basis, whether you want assistance with work, kids, finance, or fitness, you're going to need a support squad. And join the success sisters, Libby Gale and Cynthia Bryan, coming right up on Star Style. Be the star you are. Hey, have you got a minute? Huh? I'm going to say a word. You tell me what comes to mind. Are you ready? Okay. Tchaikovsky. Gesundheit. Okay, what's the word? No, see, that is the word. What does Tchaikovsky make you think of? I don't know. Allergy season? Uh, hey there, how you doing? What's up? Who's Martha Graham? Mm, she invented the graham cracker. No kidding. Yeah, before her there was only soda crackers. Hard to imagine. Uh, hey young lady? Yeah? Uh, does the name Man Ray mean anything to you? Duh. The man ray is a kind of poisonous jellyfish, and it lives in the Gulf of Mexico. Aha. It's very deadly. Are your kids as well-rounded as they could be? Kids who participate in the arts do better in school and in life. To learn more about the value of arts education, visit americansforthearts.org. Because all kids should get to appreciate Tchaikovsky's music, Martha Graham's dance, and Man Ray's photography. Art. Ask for more. A public service message brought to you by Americans for the Arts and the Ad Council. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Among the stars, welcome you power partners to Radio's finest program of positive book talk. Star style, be the star you are. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Libby Gill, and together we are the Success Sisters. You got it, sister. And we are delighted to be your personal growth life coaches right here on the airwaves, bringing you authors, experts, and the professionals to help you enjoy a more fulfilled life. So get ready to pump that energy, love, learn, laugh, listen, and you can live your dreams. Well, today's show is going to be a super stunner for you. In our first segment, Libby Gill, our great success sister, and I are going to show you how to create your support squad. David Jackson rivals Dan Brown with his newest book, Einstein's Design, which it sounds like a disease, but it is Einstein's Design, which depicts the struggle between fundamentalist religious radicals and those who want to adhere to their dogma. And then in segment three, Diane Conway asks us, what would we do if we knew we could not fail and overcome our fears with her book, What would you do if you had no fear? Our purpose in providing you this show is to communicate to you that you already possess everything you need to be the producers, the writers, the directors, and the stars of your own life. The show is brought to you from Be The Star You Are charity. The motto is to be a leader, you must be a reader. So visit the website, bethestarur.org. The miracle moment for today is from the Carmony Collection, handcrafted handbags for every occasion. Visit CarmonyCollection.com, and that's with a K, 619-286-1099. This is from Alan Cohen. If you know your worth, you do not need anyone else to confirm it. 
And from Norman Vincent, Vincent Peale, the tide always comes back in. Boy, do we need to know that. Well, we're going to talk about creating your support squad while we're in the coaching corner today. And, of course, Libby is the queen of putting together great teams that work. And everybody knows that you do need a support team if you want to get where you want to go. No person is an island, and we really have to fashion a great team to get us going. So, Libby, tell us some of your secrets to creating the perfect support squad. Well, you know, just like you said, Cynthia, everybody knows that you need a team. Not too many people tell you how to get one. So when I was in the entertainment world, and, you know, in the business world, for good or for not so good, we're usually working in teams. But when I was an entertainment exec, I used to go to those big management retreats, you know, those fancy resorts, and they'd bring everybody together. To, that sounds actually really fun. You know, they, they were fun, uh, particularly if you liked your colleagues, which I always did. And they'd bring you together, and they'd be, you know, the entertainment business. It was in the cushy days, and we'd go somewhere fun like Palm Springs or Laguna Beach. And, you know, they'd get the business development group and the finance guys and the marketing and the legal teams and and. Everybody would be sitting around this big table. And, you know, at that point, that's about the time I was already starting to think about working my way down the corporate ladder. So I was sort of half-checked out, and I would sit there thinking, now, if this were my conference and this were my team and this entire retreat were dedicated to me, um, who would be sitting at this table? And that was sort of the beginning of this vision of, you know, if I'm my own CEO, who do I want on my board of directors? And I really began to think about the kinds of people I wanted that I realized after I left the corporate world and then I was faced with really building that team and trying to figure out how I was going to build this business because, you know, I started my my own business late in life. I was in my mid-40s before I ever left the, the sort of the, the comfort of the of the corporate side of the well, world. Well, and Libby, we should remind the listeners, you know, some of your corporate past. I mean, you were VP at Sony at Universal. I mean, you helped brand and launch the Dr. Phil show. I mean, you had huge credentials. Yeah, I ended up as department head and senior vice president overseeing uh, the Worldwide Television Group's PR and communication activities for Universal. And it was a great job. They were really terrific. But what I really loved about the corporate world was the, the mentoring, the working with, with individuals, the helping people create paths to success. And that's what I took on to, as a coach. But what I, what I found when I was out there on my own, you know, it had been easy for me in, my, in the corporate world to help other people create brands and public images and all of that. It's not so easy when you're doing it for yourself. So I started thinking about, now, how do I get these people, who do I want to help me, and, and how, do, how do I make this happen? And I thought, I can't go out there and just ask for help. I mean, the thought of it, it didn't matter that I'd help people, as, as I know you have, for years help people find jobs and all of that. I thought, wait, this, is, this means I have to, you know, raise my hand and say, can you help me out with this vision I have? But I thought, you know, I can't. I can't let that stop me because this is going to be a new way of life. And I went to an old boss of mine who I'd worked with at Sony, and he was a buddy, but not, you know, not a close friend. He had his own life and a family and all of that, but he was a very good guy. Um, and I thought, well, he's the kind of smart businessman I would want on my team. And I went to him and just sort of said, explain this kind of, at that point, hazy vision of what I wanted to do, this kind of company. And I asked him if he would be my business mentor. And he, without a moment's hesitation, said yes. 
And I thought, well, you know, maybe this asking for help thing isn't quite so bad. I think I've got to do a little more. Well, you know, but Libby, you just hit something. Asking for help is really hard, I think, especially when you're smart and intelligent and, you know, you're creating your own business. There's this feeling that you want to kind of know it all, but the bottom line is it's probably best to be the dumbest person in the room and have all these other smart people around you. Oh, you got it. Exactly. And and you do have to expose a level of vulnerability, and that's, you know, for successful people, for smart people, for people who are just used to doing things their way, to have to say, you know, I'm over my head here is a pretty daunting, it's a hard thing to admit. Well, I think this is a good, a good first success step is expose your vulnerability and ask for help. Absolutely. And then you've got to move on to figuring out what exactly, what kind of support do you need? What are the specifics of this? And just like you mentioned, if you need support with your kids or your fitness, you you look at both your personal and professional life and really think about how you're going to enlist, recruit people. And I have people start by really making a list. And I'll tell you, the first time I did this, I didn't even know I was creating a support squad at the time. I just made a list on my laptop of people I thought would help me. You know, I had my old boss, Andy, and I thought, okay, he said yes. Wonder who else will say yes. And I literally listed all the people I thought were smart, you know, creative, helpful, who could be good mentors. And without really knowing what their role would be, I started listing names. Then I thought, okay, well, now there are some functions I need, and I don't, I don't know who that person is going to be. So I started also listing functions like, almost like a job description. You know, I needed financial help. I needed a financial advisor. I was getting in shape. You know, life was changing. I wanted a trainer. I just bought a house on my own for the first time. I wanted a gardener. I wanted girlfriends who could, you know, go. I, I, I not only had started my own business, I was newly single, and my first book had just come out. I needed all the help I could get. And that's how I kind of corralled that. I really listed right down to I need that gardener. I listed everything that I needed, both by by name, the people I knew, even though I didn't know the role, I had no, you know, I hadn't filled in the blank yet, or the kind of support, the type of function I wanted somebody f- to fulfill. And that was the beginning of creating that list that became my support squad. Well, so what you're saying then is. It can be both professional and personal people that you enlist. Just like when you, if you move to a new town, you have to find, you know, a doctor and you have to find a school if you've got kids. Whatever, whatever your needs are, you start writing down your needs, writing down names of people, not really knowing what their role is going to be, but that starts to determine the, the, spe- uh, the specific support that you're going to need down the line. Exactly. Right? Is that right? Yeah, and I have people, it's like if you had an ideal world, if you had all the support around you, what would you need? And somebody will say, well, I, I need a housekeeper. Well, write that down. A housekeeper is a very important function. Now, I want to make something clear here because I hear things like a financial advisor, housekeeper, fitness trainer, gardener. Now, some of these are going to be paid professionals. Like Correct. Like get a That's coach right. or something. You're going to get somebody who's paid. So we're not expecting all of the people on your support squad to be donating their time just because you're a good person. No, I, if, if you need a, 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 an accountant or an attorney, no, they're not going to enlist it's, you know, someone in the family, lucky you. But, no, you have to expect that if you're going to build a business and be successful that you're going to invest. But not everybody will have to be a paid professional. You can find, you know, I wanted single girlfriends who had time to travel and run around with me in my new single life. 
So you're looking for some fun stuff. You want some support squad in your fun life as right. well. And also there are lots of things like community college classes. There are plenty of businesses like the Small Business Administration. There are all kinds of mentoring and networking groups. Those are unpaid. They're professional, but they're unpaid. But you're also talking about, you know, I wanted somebody who knew, just like you said, knows the schools in the area. I wanted somebody who was plugged into my, my son's high school before he started high school. Now I've got somebody on my list who's really gone through the whole college application process. I've got my college person who's a buddy. This is a friend who's going to help me tackle that whole world of college, which I know you've already done. Well, I like this, Libby, because what you're also saying is that your support squad is not stagnant. It's always changing, evolving according to what your needs are. So it's like your board of directors is constantly, not constantly, but can be in flux. Uh, exactly. You know, on. the world is, as much as, as I was daydreaming back there at those corporate retreats, the world is not going to revolve around us. People may say yes, they may say no, they may move on to their own their own um, priorities that don't include you. And it, it, what you also learn, and we'll talk about that language of support next, but what, what you learn is you're not going to fall apart when somebody says, gee, can't help you, or they move on. But, yeah, absolutely, it changes. But if you know you need a marketing person on the team, and your person, your, your buddy, your friend who's been helping you with your logo design or whatever, goes and takes a big corporate job, and she's out of commission, she's busy, she's not going to be helping you, you still know that that is a function on your support squad that you're going to need to fill. So success step number two is determine the support that you need, make a list of the names, uh, and then put down the functions and fit it all together and know that it can be constantly changing, and this is both for your professional and your personal life. I like this, Libby. This is good. Well, that, when I had those first few goofy conversations, I thought, well, let me see if I can save some other people some trouble on, on how you do this. And I, I actually go through some of that in traveling, hopefully. And the first thing to do, once you've got that list and you know you've got, you need your financial person, you need a coach, you need a fitness trainer, whatever it is, what I always suggest is pick the least intimidating person on your list. You know, you don't want to go after Oprah and Bill Gates for yeah. your first one. <laughs> that might be a little over your head. But find somebody who you know is a warm and fuzzy, it may be your spouse, who you know is always there to support you, but you may need something specific. I mean, people are always saying, oh, my best friend, she'd do anything for me. And my response is always, and what have you asked her for? It's a whole different ballgame when you're specific about, gee, I really need you to watch my kids from 3 to 5 on Wednesday afternoon so I can go take a yoga class. That's different than saying, oh, my friend, she's always there for me. You know, it's very interesting, this asking for help gets back to being specific about goals in life, too. It's like all of this is so interrelated. Right. You really have to be measurable, and you have to be very clear on what you want. So could you give us the, the steps? Because I know you have, you have narrowed this down, yeah. the support I, squad, into really specific, simple steps that everyone can take to create their Perfect support squad. Right. I, and I just call this the language of support. After you've made that list and you've, you've picked your, your least intimidating person for your trial run, here's the conversation. You have, you first state your goal. Could be that you're, you're talking to a friend and you might be saying, I want to start a fitness program. I want to start my own business. You're just simply stating a goal. Second, you make a request. I want you to be my workout buddy. I want to hire you as my business coach. So you've stated your goal, you've made your request. Third, you negotiate the next steps. So if it's a paid professional like a coach, 
you work out the details. You figure out what what happens logistically as far as the timing and the payment and the commitment, all of that. If it's a friend who's just agreed to be your workout buddy, you say, well, we're going to go walk the high school track Monday, Wednesday, Friday at 4 o'clock, you know, whatever those next steps so that you really make sure you do it. And you're talking about accountability here, which right. we're very big on. Absolutely. And then just like you said, you evaluate it as you go along. You evaluate if the support you have is working for you, if you need additional people, if somebody can no longer help you because they've moved on to their own opportunities. And the final thing is you got to give back. If you expect people to be on your team, you got to be on other people's. It may not be a direct, um, I'm on your team, you're on mine, although it could be. It might be you're on my team and I'm going to be on somebody else's team. It's just about that pay it forward, you're giving it back to other people. Pay it forward. It's something that we all need to remember to do because, you know, it's like what goes around comes around. Mm-hmm. So do unto others as you want done unto yourself. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a good one. So the, the three steps, the third step then is learn the language of support. So we have three major steps here for creating your support squad. And don't you just love, I love the name support squad. This is a name that Libby coined. I thought it was just fabulous. And she talks about it in her book, Traveling Hopefully, which I hope all of you will pick up. Go to www.libbygill.com and you can find out where to buy it, as well as get her coaching. But just to recap these three success steps. Number one is ask for help. So critical to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Number two is determine the specific support that you want and that you need and work out all the things. And then the third is to learn the language of support. And that's where you're going to uh, state your goal, make your requests, negotiate all the details, evaluate, and then make sure you pay it forward. Do I have that right, Libby? That's exactly right. It's exactly right. It's not as hard as people try to convince themselves that it is. Well, you know, I think it's a simple thing, and the other thing that I think is good about it is that people on your support squad don't necessarily have to really know your business or your industry as long as they have good insight. Would you agree with that? Oh, uh, absolutely. It's actually almost better sometimes if they're even from other areas of life because they bring something new to the table. Everybody just brings you some insight, perspective, a challenge, um, a confidence building. Some people are just there to gush and celebrate over your success, and, and we certainly all need that from time to time. Well, I always have said everyone needs a cheerleader, mm-hmm. and even if it's one other person, we need someone who is on our side, who's willing to listen, and to remind us of what our goals and dreams are and how we can get to the next step. Or even when we, you know, when we falter a bit and we make a mistake, they can say, come on, Libby, get going, pick yourself up. You're good. You're good. You can do it. Uh-oh. Here comes the check-in. That's what I'm now... Oh, yes. Check-in. Accountability. All right. You are going to start a new um, fitness kind of program, adding either Pilates or more yoga or something, what happened? Well, you're going to have to bust me on this one. I did do the yoga, and, oh, I good. Did do it, and, good. and I'm doing the weights and the walking, so I'm on my regular program. I have not added a new level to the fitness routine. I've decided because I've got, I've got something going on, um, a big speech I'm giving next week, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to just push it back one week, and I, I'm going to commit right here. To you and everybody listening, the week of March 12th is going to be my week for adding a new level to my fitness. All right. We're going to hold you to that. I know. I can't can't waffle anymore. 
Well, I think this is a good thing, that when you have something big coming up, we have to be flexible. Right. And, you know, as you talked about in one of our shows about having life's little hiccups, when you have big work commitments, that can also be one. For me, I, I have to report once again, this has been a fantastic week. I feel like uh, I'm just really making strides. I've really kept to my health regimen of eating something in the morning and of doing my 25 to 40 minutes of exercise. I feel feel great. The only thing I'm having issues with is my computer's crashing, but heck, Mercury's in retrograde. I'm going to recreate, revamp, you know, rejuvenate, and I think we're, we're doing pretty well. So this week has been a good week. I like it. Me too. Okay. And, I, and feel free to bust me next week if I don't step up. I'll bust you next week. But this week, I forgive you. I think you're doing the right thing. Okay, so good. Everyone, you have been listening to the Success Sisters, Libby Gill and Cynthia Bryan. Please visit LibbyGill.com for more information, life coaching. Read her, get her book, Traveling Hopefully. For any information about Cynthia Bryan, you go to CynthiaBryan.com. And we have much more to come. So you've been listening to Cynthia Bryan. And Libby Gill. And we are the Success Sisters. Back in a minute. Thanks for being with us. All I want to be dancing in a Broadway show on the World Talk Radio. Never give up. Never give in. Are you a fan of Dan Brown's book? Well, our next guest has a little bit of Angels and Demons, but with a unique twist, and I think it's more of a page-turner. Coming right up with David Jackson and his book, Einstein's Design, on Star Style. Be the star you are with Cynthia Bryan. The star you are. Be the star you are. You are the Mary Hart, and this is AWRT Empowering America. Born in 1906 in Missouri, Frida grew up cleaning houses for wealthy white families. At 13, she began performing across the country with the Dixie Steppers. When the troops split up, Frida tried to become a chorus girl, but was rejected for being too thin and too dark. The turning point in her career came when she traveled to Paris for a new onstage review. Frida became an overnight sensation. During World War II, Frida's travels entertaining troops enabled her to work undercover for the French resistance, smuggling secret messages in her sheet music. Frida returned home during the 1950s and 60s, and she actively engaged in the political battle against segregation. Frida Josephine Baker died in Paris in 1975. Empowering America is brought to you by the Foundation of American Women in Radio and Television and is made possible by Walmart, committed to providing an environment that supports its associates in their professional and personal lives. Our people make the difference. Information at walmartstores.com. Listen, the world is talking. World Talk Radio. Every week, Be The Star You Are showcases fantastic authors and experts who enhance and inspire your life. Be The Star You Are is a 501c3 charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth at risk through improved literacy and positive message programming, just like this radio show. Get involved. Go to the website, bethestarur.org. Well, our next guest has penned a page-turner thriller. I really believe it rivals any of Dan Brown's books. When I picked it up, I couldn't stop reading it until it was done. David Jackson, he takes a look at the fanatics inside of religion with his newest 
book, Einstein's Design. Welcome, David, to Be the Star You Are. Hi. How are you? I really, I sent you an email. I loved your book. I could not put it down. You start the book with a crucifixion. However, the crucifixion isn't Jesus as we know, but it's a modern day female scientist who dared to publish a report based on basically the Big Bang Theory. I wanted to ask you, David, what gave you the idea to start on this, because this is kind of a different take on uh, on uh, books that you've done, and to go into what the fundamental religions, how they're acting, and they're definitely not being very love your neighbor as thyself, are they? Uh, hardly. Well, the process was, it was a long one, actually. I guess uh, it was... Uh, early stages just beginning to question some things when I was a kid because uh, I grew up in a fundamentalist church and uh, was expected to take everything that was said as to be the truth and on faith and uh, you know we all went through our adolescence questioning everything including God and religion and uh, it wasn't until the year 2000 that I met a gentleman and he edits a lot of the books that uh, some of our scholars had written on the uh, man Jesus, his divinity, uh, his historical significance, and so forth. And so I started working on something at the time. And at the time, I was kind of working on a position paper. And along about 2002, I said, well, who's going to read this thing, you know, position paper? I'm not really qualified to do a position paper. And I began to think about doing a novel. I'd written four professional books, and uh, one of them had had great success when I'd included some fictitious case histories in it. That, uh, well, and I should interject here, David, that you are a social scientist, and a couple of your other books were Reality Therapy and Choice Theory. You wrote uh, Violent Girls Who Bully, Becoming a Glad Dad in a Top Pop, and then, of course, The Psychology of uh, humor for the classroom. So you have a, a social science background. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've, I've written some just some articles and stuff, but this idea, you know, began to grow, and I'd wake up in the middle of the night and I'd say, oh, well, that would work. <laughs> and I decided to, uh, I had to do some research in physics if I'm going to write about the Big Bang, and so I started reading books from Darwin, uh, from uh, Dawkins to Einstein himself, and uh, begin to paint myself into a corner. (laughs) (laughs) Here I was going to develop, uh, even though it was fictitious, a theory of the Big Bang and the question of who is really God. And uh, so one night I woke up and I thought, well... I've got to read some more books. So I did some more research. And then I came up with the idea that I did and was able to put it on paper. Well, a lot of, you did a lot of research and to write this uh, thriller, to write this novel. But in reality, there, there are a lot of references in sidebars uh, in the narrative conversation that are accurate and that are true information. Yes. And so I think that's what gives the um, that gives the excitement, and it makes it the page turner that it is because there's many things in here that you're reading that you know, people know. I mean, there's a lot of information about the Ku Klux 
plan, which I I still have such a hard time believing that, you know, they could be so cruel, and I have a hard time thinking that there are religions out there that want to put an end to anyone who thinks differently than them. But the reality is, is this is the case in the world that we live in today. It's not just terrorists in another country. We have our own internal terrorists, don't we? Yes, we do. And breaking it down into very simple terms, it's if you want to destroy a relationship with a person, a club, a state, a nation, all you have to do is criticize them. Just criticize them. That'll do it. You know, and the more true the criticism is, the more destructive it becomes. So in creating Albert Einstein's, uh, well, Einstein's design, but you, you really talked um, in your book about some of the declarations that Albert Einstein had made versus religion, the Big Bang, and, you know, all of that. Was this his partner that you talk about, is that an actual character or is that a fictitious character that you created? That's a fictitious character that I created. So the his and the the whole idea of the videos and and the papers that they wrote. This was something that was um, part of your imagination. That's my creativity working there. Mm-hmm. I like that. I thought that was really good. I don't want to give away the book, but I liked the way that you designed the characters and having your female, the lead character, uh, Kamala, Cami. Mm-hmm. She was such a strong character, and the whole enlightened group, the whole group of. Um, kind of cohorts that are in the book. They're all very intelligent, they're all very witty, and they're very interested in what makes people tick and what makes life tick, and they seem to be fearless. Mm -hmm. And I'm hoping that the reader will pick up on the relationship building that goes on and and the support each gives to one another. Well, I think that was the big thing. We were just talking about, in, in our, uh, Libby and I, about a support squad, and that was what came to mind when I was reading the book, is how supportive they all were of one another, mm-hmm. to the point of, had it not been for their support, some of them would not be living. They were, they were always true and there in the time of need, and especially, it didn't matter the danger that was uh, enhanced by their own their own presence, they always took care of each other. That's correct. And we were talking about the research I did in physics. I spent as many hours researching the religious angle. Well, let's talk about the religious angle because, especially in today's world, you know, we're always talking about bin Laden or what's happening here, but the the bad guys that you created in your thriller are actually leaders in a uh, evangelical fundamentalist church and there are pillars in the community but they have a second life to them they have this other side this this cohort side where they are not going to tolerate anyone who thinks differently than they do no compromise no negotiation no negotiation and when they mean no negotiation they mean take care of them whatever method it is so the book opens with a crucifixion which is really amazing and we have um, actually Cammy is nailed to a door. Mm-hmm. That was uh, that was such a visual. Are you going to make this into a movie? <laughs> I hope so. I'd like to know where to send it. Yeah, I think you have to write the screenplay for this. You have to write the screenplay. But you know, you, as I was reading this, it just made me so aware of how many people 
we have in America, I don't even want to say the world, where we, we, we speak with our mouths about being righteous, but in reality, there's a two-faced, a line going on, something that is not truthful, because we're not living, if you really believe that you are a creature of God, or you are adhering to a certain religious faith, you're not living your faith, if you do not accept other people. Yes, that's called hypocrisy. It's called hypocrisy, absolutely, absolutely. In fact, you know, David, I, had, I wanted to share something with you because I am um, I was working with a client on a project right now that's called Letters to God, and it's really a lovely, lovely project where the author, uh, Vicki Craig, is collecting letters from all over the world of people of all religions, all faiths, no faiths, just what would you write if you write to God. And one letter that came in... Um, was this, you know, it was a very nice letter, but when the author of the letter found out that the book was going to include everyone and anyone of all beliefs because the purpose of the book is to create peace in the world, she was outraged, and she said she was not going to be part of something, you know, something where other religions were included. And then her sidebar to that was, I am not prejudiced, and I'm a very inclusive, welcoming person, but I won't be part of this. And I thought, how... How, you know, what a hypocrite that was. Mm-hmm. You know, to be spouting, oh, I'm so godlike, but yet she would not embrace her fellow men and women no matter what. I thought that was very, very interesting. And that's kind of what your book is talking about, is the hypocrisy that we have in our world today with, um, with all religions. And Cammie gives us some ideas on how to combat that. And would you go into that? I mean, if you don't mind, I don't think it gives away the story of the book, and I, I think that it, the, uh, the dialogue is so strong in itself. But if you don't mind, give us some of the, the thoughts that Tammy has at the end, because they were very profound and, and very thought-provoking mm-hmm. and extremely inclusive of everyone, no matter what your belief, no matter what your race, no matter what your sex. Yeah, I think I can do that without divulging too much of it and ruining it, spoiling it for anyone. Right, right. It's after she has gone through all the problems that she's had, along with her friends, of uh, two attempts on her life, uh, an attempt on a couple of her friends' lives, that she has finally discovered Einstein's design. And after discovering it, then she has to, for the first time, look at the old eight, uh, millimeter films that uh, her grandfather and Einstein made uh, telling what the whole project was and how they proved it to be correct. A theory that goes beyond Einstein's greatest relativity finding. And so then after having done that and publishing it in the National Geographic, she then writes a treatise on what this means for people. And what she had to struggle with was by divulging this would it harm or destroy people's spirituality and, and their actual well-being? And she decided, came to the conclusion, that she could put forth some ideas that would actually be helpful for people, all the way from prayer to how you treat your fellow person, or your person, your neighbor. And uh, she goes into great detail on this and covers that, and covers the belief system and gives a new concept of what the meaning of God can be. And the and the reality to this is 
that in her explanation, we really feel God all around us, and God becomes whatever it is that is important to you. So in her struggle to maintain the equilibrium and to maintain the spirituality of people, I really felt that your character, the way that you designed it, that she encompassed all religions and the empathy that a greater life force would want for the human race. Right, and not just for Christianity, but for Muslims and and the Jewish religion as well. Well, and for all the other peripheral religions, and that, I thought, was what was important. And other characters that you created in Einstein's design is you brought in um, experts in your characters who were an expert in in uh, Judaism, an expert in Islam, so that as they speak about their religions, we really get a very clear focus on what is Christianity, what is Islam, what is Judaism, and then, of course, you talk about you know some of the other religions. But what, what I got from it is that no matter what, we are all one. Mm-hmm. We are all one. One of the struggles I had was when I created the... Uh, expert in the Jewish religion and the expert in the Islam. And uh, I was afraid it was a stretch, but then I got to thinking, well, this is what the book is about. They're students together, they live together, and they love each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, I make that just as subtle as I can, but they also love all of humanity. It's very clear, and, and I thought that was a stroke of genius on your part, because one of the comments that they make is if we can get along, exactly. the world will be able to get along. Yeah. So you have these, these two gentlemen, these two people, these two characters that um, are from totally, totally different backgrounds and different beliefs, different religions, different philosophies, yet they have found a way. They have found a commonality between them. And it, I felt that that's what you were writing about in Einstein's design, is that we do have a union together as a world, and it's our responsibility, and we have the ability to find it. Yes. And, David, could you give us a website where people could get the book or uh, more information? The name of the book is Einstein's Design by David Jackson, and it's The Secret Theory Beyond E. My, well, E equals MC squared, the Big Bang, and God that will change the world. Yes, uh, it's uh, the Trafford Publishing Company. Of course, Trafford.com has available. It can be uh, found at Borders and uh, Barnes and Noble, uh, Ingerman Taylor, uh, and uh, is it on Amazon as well? Yes, it's on Amazon. Amazon. Thank you. Okay. Searching for the other one. Yes, I know. I know. There, it's difficult when you know. Yeah. And basically, you can get it on any of the online sites, yeah, it's hard. as well as directly from the publisher, which is Trafford.com. Do you have a personal website that you wanted to give out? No, I don't. You don't. So you're just going with the Trafford. Yeah, you know, I did that with one of my books, and I ended up spending all my time packaging books to send them. Yes, I. Yeah, and that's what you don't want to do now. Well, I highly recommend this book, David. I I really love it that you have branched out into doing this kind of a thriller book. Uh, I I believe what I said in the beginning. I really liked Einstein's design better 
than I liked um, Angels and Demons. You're very kind. <laughs> Maybe Thank I shouldn't you. put my neck out so much, but I really did. I thought you had really done a fantastic job, and I really liked the way you joined all the religions. So Einstein's design, David Jackson, go to Trafford.com or Amazon.com and pick it up. And can we be expecting something great from you soon? Well, I'm busy promoting right now. Yeah, that takes a while, and that's 98% of the job, as we know. Right, David? Yes, and thank you for helping me. Oh, well, you are so welcome. It's a fantastic book. Everyone go out and get it. Einstein's Design by David Jackson. David, thank you so much for being a guest on Star Style. Be the star you are. I think this is destined for the bestseller list, and I'm going to look forward to it, to being a movie. So all of you screenwriters out there, you may want to get in touch with David and see if there is a movie in production here. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, David, for being on the show. You're listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style, Be The Star You Are. We'll be back in a minute. This is all I want to be Dancing in Broadway show On the silver screen If you had no fear, well, live your dreams while quaking in your boots is coming right up with Cynthia Bryan and author Diane Conway on Star Style. Be the star you are. Stay with us. Looking for answers to those uncommon questions? Looking for a way to heal? Looking for spiritual guidance? Come visit www.angelstoguideyou.com. We are all blessed with spiritual helpers, spiritual gifts, and spiritual healing. Get in touch with your spirit. Get answers. Get healing. www.angelstoguideyou.com. Remember, you're not alone. Angelstoguideyou.com. Credit card debt has squeezed the fun out of your life. Are you ready to file bankruptcy? Wait. Make one more phone call first to Credit Partnership. Our licensed attorneys offer a unique debt relief solution called debt reduction. You can get out of debt in two to three years or less. Credit counseling and consolidation loans are no solution. They only rearrange your debt, which may lower your interest rate slightly. You'll still wind up paying the entire balance over time. Lots and lots of time. Only debt reduction with Credit Partnership shrinks the principal balance of your debts, not just interest. Your monthly payments will be lower too, so you get immediate relief. Debt reduction has already helped tens of thousands eliminate their debt, and unlike bankruptcy, debt reduction with credit partnership does not become public record. Remember, bankruptcy devastates your credit for 7 to 10 years. Call Credit Partnership instead. 1-800-DEBT-SAVER. Toll free 1-800-DEBT-SAVER or visit us online at creditpartnership.com. Get relief from your debt now with Credit Partnership. Call 1-800-332-8728. 1-800-DEBT- Saver. Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. All things, even what seems impossible, can be accomplished when you take a few important steps. Visualize the prize. Identify a specific goal and imagine yourself achieving it in every detail. For example, if you want to be a professional speaker, see yourself speaking to thousands of people making a difference in their lives. Write down your visualizations and repeat them to yourself every day. As you do, your belief and your confidence will grow. Choose a role model. Inspirational role models demonstrate possibilities and provide invaluable sources for motivation, strength, and hope. 
Keep reminders of your goals and your dreams on cards and put them where you'll see them often. The refrigerator, the dashboard, your mirror, even your computer. And pick yourself up after a setback. See mistakes as opportunities to learn and develop new strategies. Mistakes are inevitable, but they're valuable and essential for growth. Every lesson is a blessing, and every blessing is a lesson. So remember, you're the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan from Star Style. You're listening to World Talk Radio, where the world comes to talk. Well, have you ever daydreamed about taking a risk but still felt paralyzed with fear? Well, author Diane Conway says that she's always riddled with fear, but, you know, she lives her dreams anyway. Her book is What Would You Do If You Had No Fear? Living Your Dreams While Quaking in Your Boots. Welcome, Diane, to Star Style. Be the star you are. Thank you. I'm so happy to be with you. Well, I'm excited to have you. I hear you live on a houseboat in Sausalito. That is pretty cool. It's very cool. I have seals outside. I have seagulls, all kinds of seabirds and fish. It's great. It is great. It is great. Well, you know what? It starts getting to asking for what you want in life, right? Because it, it seems that we create our own destiny. Well, let's talk about your great book because I think so many of us don't move forward in life because we are riddled with fear. We're afraid of mistakes. We're afraid of success. We're afraid of failure. You know, basically we're just afraid. And what your whole book is about is just do it anyway. Take the dare. Take the dive. Jump in with with both feet and understand who would you be if you didn't, if you knew you weren't going to fail, what would you do with your life? So let's talk about how you got started on this book because from what I was reading is you wrote this manuscript, you stuck it in a drawer for a while because you were rejected a few times and you kind of got had this feeling it was never going to be published. But then... Uh, it, it was, and what happened was, it was in a drawer for three years, <laughs> and what happened was, a friend of mine, I believe that if we keep doing our affirmations, just like you say, and if we keep visualizing that even if we stick something in a drawer for three years, it can still come to the light of day. A friend of mine came to me and said, let me have that manuscript, I said, here, I didn't even take another look at it. In one week, we sat down with my publisher, and we had a deal. Isn't that something? You know, it's because uh, there's also something about that that I I believe is that there's no such thing as coincidences. It's all divine synchronicity. Is You had made this effort to write this book about having no fear, which can help so many people. And when the right person showed up, the deal was made. So it's really about never giving up, isn't it? It is, and here's the great thing. The publisher that I have, Inner Ocean, which I love, they were not in business three years before when I was sending that manuscript out. Well, isn't that is really that? And I kept saying over and over, the perfect publisher for me is coming because I wanted a very specific publisher that got what I was doing and had the same goals and aspiration and values that I did. So it was totally in divine order. It was divine order, and Inner Ocean is that kind of publisher if you want to see the kind of books they do we we showcase the books here on our show often but innerocean.com and i agree with you diane because they see your soul they they want to publish books that are going to empower people and especially empower women 
They do. They want to make a difference in the world, and that's what I want to do. I wanted to empower women, although I write about both men and women. And I'll tell you a funny story about things taking longer than you think they should. I'm yes. sure everybody said yeah, that. Nothing serious. happens in our time, does it? It's always God's time. <laughs> Here's a story, and it's actually in my book. I was 35 years old. I'd never been married. I had dated every dysfunctional man in America. Right. And, and, I, and I worked on Europe also a little bit. <laughs> and I had been praying for a mate since I was about 12 years old. And so I had prayed all these years, oh, please, universe, send me a divine mate. And from 12 and 24, I'm praying like that, and 34. And, and when I got to be 35, I thought, you know what? I, if I have to go on another first date, I'm just going to go to the door in a filthy, dirty chenille robe with rollers in my hair and say, Honey, do you want it or not? <laughs> because I totally believe you have to have a sense of humor about all that. Well, and you are a comedian, and I laughed when I read that because that's like how I would walk around, too. It's like, I, I know. don't have time for any more games. Come on, let's get with the program. That's right. And what happened was this incredible man came along, adorable sweet, supportive man, and I discovered that he was 12 years younger than me. Now, that's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so the day that we got married... And we're glad that it's you, because this is really... this Talk about empowering women. That's giving permission, girlfriend. Yeah. I love that. Right, and and the day that we got married, it all made sense. All those years I've been praying, it was that the universe was looking down, saying, Diane, be patient. He's growing up as fast as he can. He's only in sixth grade. That's right. <laughs> so I really believe that, you know, our dreams are so important. And if they don't come right the minute that we want them, realize that certain things have to happen that we don't know about. And don't get down on yourself. You know, I think sometimes when we're told to believe and affirm and visualize, it's real easy. If it doesn't come right away, we get down on ourselves and say, oh, I'm doing something wrong or, or uh, this doesn't work. But it takes time. Diane, I am so glad that you're saying this because in my experience, I, I feel that so many of the gurus say, you know, if you're on your path, it's going to be easy and it happens, blah, 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 blah. And I totally agree with you. I feel that things don't happen in our time. It happens in God's time or the universe time or whatever you believe, but we can't give up on our dreams. That's you know, exactly right. And but keep moving forward. Yes, and people will watch The Secret and they'll think, oh, it will happen so easy. And I love The Secret. But, you know, I think I am the voice out there through my book. So many people have told me that you acknowledge that everyone has fear. Everyone. And you tell us not to feel guilty about having fear. Hey, and I just want to tell you, on a, you know, and I, all the listeners, too, is like Jack Canfield, who was a co-creator of the Chicken Soup for the uh, Soul, and I'm one of the authors of the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. He was rejected, you know, 36 times the first time and then 150 sometimes before that. It did not happen overnight. It I know. Years. It took years. So, you know, despite um, the secret is great, but the secret is is it doesn't happen immediately. It happens when it's supposed to happen. And in your case, like with your husband, it took a few more years. That's right. It's just like I say, uh, 
Victoria's Secret. Well, the secret of Victoria is normal women can't wear that crap. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, and what is it? And the normal woman's a size 12. She's not a size zero. So That's exactly right. Well, and most, of aren't six, most of us are not six foot five and weigh 93 pounds. <laughs> That's like Barbie. You know, her legs, if she was, if Barbie was proportionate, she would be seven foot something, and her legs would be almost... Five of those feet. Oh, you're totally on the same page as I, I am. We're on the same page, Diane, and I wanted to talk to about love the- ourselves. Oh, we have to love ourselves. I, I want to every single part in the process to love ourselves and forgive ourselves. Well, you talk about in every chapter you have life challenges. What I I thought is a brilliant thing, and you give us just very very loving tips on what we can do to overcome life challenges or move forward. And for example, pay attention to chance meetings and serendipitous happenings, just like what happened with you uh, with your book, meeting your husband or your friend with the foreign affair. You know, call the number that will lead to an adventure. Walk over the hill, around the bend, or sail away, even for half. Day. I think, you know, your tips are just terrific tips. That That is one way to face the fear. That is. And I tell people, you know, get some of your dream now. You know, maybe your dream is to sail across the ocean like Janet in the book did, but you know what? You could go on a day sail. <laughs> That's right. You know, so I think it's, it's really, really great to think big, but we have to implement small. Exactly. And a lot of us, you know, Joseph Campbell said, follow your bliss, but he didn't talk about the paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I just want to tell you, on a personal level, I totally have faced my fear. My biggest fear in life was going to the dentist because every one of my baby teeth had to be pulled. So I would quake in my boots at the word dentist. So what did I do? I married one. <laughs> I love it. I love it because that's one of my biggest fears too. Yeah, well, so you can use it in your next book. And so when I when I started quaking and shaking when we met, he thought it was passion. He didn't know it was so much fear. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that story. That's just right. It's well, funny how the universe has a sense of humor. Also, you've got to have a sense of humor. That's the biggest thing, and that's why I think your book works so well. Is that. We can't take ourselves too seriously. We have to have fun. We have to have fun with it. It's it's critical. And you talk about holding your dreams close to your heart, believing in your unique self, but most of all, don't quit before your miracle comes in. That's what I say at the end of every one of my talks. Don't quit before your miracle. We don't know when it's going to come, but if we keep believing it will and just be patient with ourselves and look for those. I love what you said about the serendipitous happenings. Yes, yes. You know, I mean, there are no coincidences in life. It's all divine synchronicity. So look for that and just follow your gut and follow your heart. Let's give out uh, your website. The name of the book is What Would You Do If You Had No Fear? It's by Diane Conway. Would you like to give out your website or you want them to go to Inner Ocean? Or... Oh, sure. I'll give mine. I'd love people yes, to come to my website. Could you give yours again, please? It's www.dianeconway.com. Diane Conway, and she's a comic. She's a speaker. As you can tell, she has a lot of fun in life. She leads workshops. Go to her website, Diane Conway, and it's D-I-A-N-E-C-O-N-W-A-Y. Pick up a copy of What Would You Do If You Had No Fear? Because the reality is, Diane, if we just realize that we can all accomplish anything we set our minds to and we work through the fear, life is beautiful. It is. 
That is a fun time. Well, you are a total delight. Congratulations on your book. Keep quaking in your boots because whatever you're doing, you're doing it right. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you, Diane. What would you do if you had no fear? That's the name of her book. You've been listening to Cynthia Bryan on Star Style, Be the Star You Are. For more information about the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. For more information about Star Style, visit star-style.com, and you can find information there about where I'm speaking. For information on coaching with Libby Gill, libbygill.com. Well, thanks for being great listeners and allowing me into your life each week. Make sure you're tuned right here every week to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, and to listen to the Coaching Corner with Libby Gill and Cynthia Bryan. You'll get the expert advice. You'll have fun and have success from renowned authors around the globe. Our aim is to encourage, inspire, inform, and motivate. Cherish the past, dream of the future, and celebrate every moment of your life. And I hope you read a book this week, because I think a book is like a garden in your pocket. And until next week, when we celebrate once again, I want to wish you all the best. Have no fear. Face it. Quake in your boots and go out into the world and make a difference. This is Cynthia Bryan for Star Style, thanking you and encouraging you. Be the star you are. We'll see you next week. You're an artist, a poet who will never give up. So make all your dreams 